Hello everyone. Welcome to the Weeds of Joy podcast. I'm glad you are here with us. I'm Charlotte C. Greathouse, the host of Weeds of Joy podcast. Yes, this is a this is a new podcast. We are here to identify who we are and why we exist. Some people go through life and never conclude who they are or fulfill their true potential. God has a purpose for everyone on this earth. Why am I qualified to speak on this topic? Well, you are listening to an individual who has been searching their whole life to find out who they are and why do they exist. Ever since I was born, my existence has been a question. I have been so confused. Others would tell me I should be this or that. And when I did hum in on my purpose, I I always had critics that steered me in the wrong direction. Well, some years now, well, it has been some years now, this topic has been haunting me to address it. I started a coaching business or consulting business to address the issue. I didn't keep it up, but I'm starting my coaching and my consulting business again, addressing this issue. Because there are so many people out there who really don't know who they are. Sometimes we just go around and meander and go a lifetime finding out not finding out who we are, not finding our purpose in life. And that's a a major disaster for our lives because then we leave this earth unhappy when we should be happy and fulfilled. So that's why I am um, going along this line. And it's a purpose that um, God has placed in my heart. And his purpose is our purpose. But counseling, let me get back. Um, I just uh, had to stop um, to put that little tidbit in. But counseling is one of my gifts. Um, it had, it, it was confirmed and proven. So there's a gift of counseling, and I have that gift. That's one of my gifts. I'm going to use it for the glory of God. Well, just listen to the podcast and let me know um, what you think. And today we are talking about sin. It's still talking about salvation, but we're talking about the sin. The sin before we get to salvation. We talked about salvation on the third podcast, but this is the fourth podcast. This is the Wings of Joy podcast, Discovering Your True Identity, Part 4. Yes, in Part 3, we talked about salvation. In Part 4, we're going to talk about sin. Sin is what we do before we get to salvation and we realize that we're sinning. So this uh, podcast is to talk about sin and see what kind of sin that we have in our lives in order to get to salvation, true salvation.
Remember this. Sin separates us from God. When we find when we find true salvation and are filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to read Mark chapter 3 verses 28 to 29. Truly I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. Blaspheming the Holy Ghost is an eternal sin. Going against the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit, is an eternal sin. You can't be forgiven for it. There's all kinds of sins you can be forgiven for. Please don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. That's the spirit on the inside of us that Jesus Christ gives us in order to live. That's our connection with God. Matthew 12, 31, 32 reads, And so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Neither in this age or in the age to come. So be careful what you say about the Holy Spirit. Matthew Chapter 6, verses 4 to 6 reads, And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown, and among his relatives and his own household. And he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. It's saying here that a prophet of God is not honored between his relatives and his own people and his own household. That's because they know they know them, because they don't see the change in them. And I understand that. I, I understand that. I, I go through that because they don't see the change in them. But the Holy Spirit, no man, no man knows where it goes. You know where it goes. It's like the wind. You never know who to send. So you never know. So that's why you have to be very careful. Remember the Bible says, um, be careful who you treat and be careful of a stranger. Because you never know when it's an angel unaware. So be careful when you speak to someone. Because they may be filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember Hebrews 10, 26, 31, 26. Okay, well, I mean, we're going to read Hebrews 10, verses 26 to 31. And it reads, If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left. We talked about salvation, so we know about salvation. And here it's saying, 
after we receive the truth, the true knowledge, no sacrifice for sins is left. Jesus Christ has already died for us and went to the cross. So if you say, God, forgive me, he's forgiving you for all of your sins. And you know the truth, and you know we shouldn't be sinning. But you continue in sin, you're just still a sinner. They're, they're saying, oh, well, we, we only human, we're we not perfect. No, you have no excuse. Because the Bible plainly says, if you deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and a raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has tampered, trampled the Son of God under feet, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, and again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's a horrible thing to fall in the hands of a living God. What did it say here? You're stepping on Jesus Christ when you continue to sin and you continue to blaspheme and you can continue to do the things that we are not supposed to do. And you say you say, but you continue to do it. What is saying? You you putting your your foot on God. He said you're saying that the blood is not effective. You're saying that Jesus don't have the power to save when you keep on sinning. That's what it's saying. And it's saying here that God, He's He's um He will repay. He said, and again, He will repay. The Lord will judge His people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of a living of the living God. It is a dreadful thing. You keep on sinning, you're going to fall into the hands of a angry God. If you keep on sinning and you say that I'm, and you, and you say that you're saved, and you say that you know the truth, but if you keep on sinning, you're going to fall in his hands. And he's angry, an angry God. And what did it say? It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of of the living God. A dreadful thing. Remember that. Keep that in mind. We can't continue to sin and say that we are children of God. The Bible says, should we continue in sin? Lord forbid. 1 John 5.16 says, if anyone sees his brother sinning, a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. Therefore, is sin leading to death? I do not say I. What did it say? I do not say. He says, I do not say. Because we don't know. 
if it's a sin leading to death. That's why it's so important that we watch our lives and make sure we, we live holy lives and make sure we live righteous lives because that's what Jesus Christ came. Jesus Christ came to perfect us, to help us to live righteously by the Spirit of the living God. That's why I said on blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, the same thing bad about the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that keeps us right with God. Galatians 5, 17, 21 reads, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. What does it say? The flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. The flesh wants to sin. It wants to do ungodly things. But the Spirit, it wants to do the right things. It wants to please God. Flesh wants to please ourselves and the and the sin and the evil that we do. But spirit wants to please God and live in righteousness. Listen to what it says. It says they are in conflict with each other. The spirit and the flesh are in conflict with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you want. You hear that? They're in conflict with each other, so you can't do whatever you want. So they're fighting each other. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You're not under the law if you're led by the Spirit. Because the Spirit always does the right things. The Spirit is holy. The Spirit is God's Spirit. So the Spirit always leads you to do the right things. But listen to what Galatians 19 says. The acts of the flesh, these are the acts of the flesh, are obvious sexual immortality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discard, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, friction, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. These are all the workings of the flesh. Let me read that again to you, the workings of the flesh. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immortality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, distensions, frictions, and envy, drunkenness orgies and the alike. When you see someone operating in this in this, in these different um, entities they're working under the flesh and it's not God. When you drunk, that's the flesh. We have orgies that's the flesh. Envy that's the flesh. Jealousy that's the flesh. Witchcraft, that's the flesh. Hatred that's the flesh. Discord. That's the flesh. Fits of rage. That's the flesh. Selfish ambition. That's the flesh. Sexual immortality. That's the flesh. Impurity and debauchery. That is the flesh. Idolatry. Witchcraft. That is the flesh. It's not the spirit and it's not God. And then it says in... Um, 
Galatians, this is 21. It says, And thee alike, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So those who live in this manner will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's sin. Sin is in the flesh. Sin is the flesh. The spirit is God. That's why it's important not to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Because it is the spirit of God that keeps us connected with God. It's God himself on the inside of us, keeping us. So when you see yourself leaning more to the fleshly side, the um, ambition being selfish and ambitious and distinctions, envy, jealousy. Know that that is the flesh. And know that if you take it to God and you become saved and you want salvation, God will save you. Remember it says, we're saved by grace. And whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Speak it out with your mouth. Speak it out with your mouth. We read it yesterday. Speak it out with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is, that he died on the cross for you. You're saved, but you got to believe it and you got to mean it. Not just speak it out, not, not, just, not just say it and then don't believe it and it's not in your heart. It has to be in your heart. You have to believe it in your heart. Because what the Bible says, God looks at the inner person. He looks on the heart. He doesn't look not, he does not look on the flesh. He doesn't look at the outer appearance, but he looks at the heart, what's on the inside of a man or a woman. The message, um, Romans 5. We're reading it out of the message Bible. We're gonna read um, chapter 4, verses 1 through I believe that's 18. No, no, 1 through 25. So that's going to be a long reading here. But uh, be patient with me. This podcast is Wings of Joy Podcast, Discovering Your True Identity, Part 4. We're talking about sin, salvation, and sin. Okay, and it reads, and we're talking about trusting God in this one, trusting God. Okay, and then once again, it's Romans chapter 4, verses 1 to 25, and it reads, and we're reading out of the Message Bible again, if you want to look at your Message Bible, it says, so how do we fit what we know of Abraham, our first father in the faith, into the new way of looking at things? If Abraham, by what he did for God, got God to approve him, he could certainly have taken credit for it. But the story we're given is a good story, not an Abraham story. What we read in scripture is Abraham entered into that in, into what God was doing for him, and that was the turning point. He trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right of his own. Abraham set himself right. He tried. He 
He did not try to set himself right. But he trusted God to set him right. We cannot trust ourselves to be set right in our own flesh. But we trust God to set us right by the Holy Spirit. Listen, listen, it says, and this is 4 to 5, 4 and 5. If you're, if you're a hard worker and do a good job, you deserve your pay. We don't call your wages a gift. But if you see that the job is too big for you, that's it's something only God can do. And you trust him to do it. You could never do it for yourself, no matter how hard and long you work. Well, that trusting him to do it is what gets you set right with God. By God, sure gift. You hear that? It's a sure gift. We talked about the Holy Spirit is a gift. It's a sure gift. You can't do it by yourself. God has to do it. I remember when I was working on this job, and um, it's a short story, I was working on this job, and it was this deaf girl that worked on the other side of the building, and we met at the door that morning as we came in, and she said unto me, she said, God has, God showed me you this weekend, I said, God showed you me, she said, yes, and, you know, she was fine, and I was moving her mouth. And she said, at break, we'll go down and we'll take a break together. And she said, I'll tell you what God showed me about you. I was like, okay. So at break time, we went down to break time. Um, we went down the elevator into the basement in the break room. And um, we sat at the table and she started talking to me. And she started telling me God wants to give me more. I was like, God wants to give me more. I really wasn't understanding what she was saying. But I, I mean, I understood the words, but I didn't under, I didn't comprehend what she was saying. And she said, God wants to give you more. She said, she said, but God has to do it. She said, you have to let some things go. And this has been some years back. She said, you have to let some things go. And I was like, okay, okay. And we, you know, we talked a little further. And she picked up my, she had some cookies and I had a cup. She picked up her cookies and she picked up my cup. And she said, she dropped her cookies and she said, you have to let some things go. She was illustrating with me about I have to let some things go. But she kept the cup in her hand. She let go of the cookies. And so I was like, wow. And I'm just getting a relation right now with them. And I was like, wow. And so after we got up, the break was over, we got up to go back upstairs to the elevator. And as we were getting on the elevator, she said unto me, she said, let God do it. What she was telling me is that the things I have to let go, I can let go of them on my own. But God had to. God had to help me to let go of those things. And I can't go through everything. It'll be a whole story. But after that, things started changing in my life. I gave my life over to God and things started changing. It wasn't easy. It was not an easy process. I feel like I was about to lose my mind. But God was getting that old stuff, old junk out of me. So that I could become a brand new creature in Him. That's becoming a brand new creature when God is watching you and making you clean. Listen, listen to what um, the Message Bible says in Romans 4. Six, nine. It says, David confirmed this way of looking at it, saying that the one who trusts God 
to do the putting everything right without insisting on having a say in it is one fortunate man. Fortunate those whose crimes are whisked away, whose sins are wiped clean from the slate. Fortunate the person against whom the Lord does not keep score. That's when God saw wiping your sins away. And he doesn't keep the score. He throws everything in the sea of unforgiveness. But if you continue to sin, guess what? You're not saved. That means that you really don't trust God. You really don't trust the cross. And you really don't trust the blood of Jesus and what Jesus said that he would do. The blood of Jesus works and it's powerful. Yes, it is. I'm a witness. It's powerful. The Spirit of God is powerful. And God will keep you from those sins. I'm a witness. He will keep you if you want to be kept, if you truly believe and want to know the truth. Listen to what it says. And if you do, you can't go back. The Spirit of God will convict you. When you want to do something, it will convict you. And if you do it, it will convict you so bad that you don't never want to do it again. That's the Spirit of God. When you truly have the Spirit of God within you, it will convict you of sin. It will convict you of all the wrong things that you're doing. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the righteousness of God. Listen to what it says. Do you think for a minute that this Blessing is only pronounced over those of us who keep our religious ways and are circumcised? Or do you think it's possible that the blessing could be given to those who never even heard of our ways? Who were never brought up in the disciplines of God? We all agree, don't we, that it was my embracing what God did for him, that Abraham was declared fit before God. What is God saying? Doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your religion, if you believe and trust in God with all your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved. Listen, listen. Um, 10 11 says, Now think was, now think was that declaration made before or after he was marked by the covenant rite of circumcision. That's right. Before he was marked, that means that he underwent circumcision as evidence and confirmation of what God had done long before to bring him into this acceptable standing with him, with himself. An act of God he had embraced with his whole life. He embraced it with his whole life, his whole life. God circumcised the heart. wasn't the flesh that we're talking about, but he circumcised the heart. He cleansed the heart. Listen to what 12 says. And it means further that Abraham is father of all people who embrace what God does for them while they are still on the outs with God as yet unidentified as God in an uncircumcised condition. It is precisely these people in this condition who are called set right with God and 
with God, set right by God and with God. Those that are not even right with God yet. What do you say? Those in that condition are the ones that are set right by God and with God. So if you're unsaved and you're not sure and you think you're too bad to be saved, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you can, you can be saved if you just believe Him and accept Him. Listen, Abraham is also a course father of those who have undergone the religious rite of circumcision, not just because the right ritual but because they were willing to live in the risking faith embrace of God's action for them. The way Abraham lived long before he was marked by circumcision. So they wanted to live in the way of God. Long before Abraham was circumcised, he was living in the way of God. And they choose to And they choose to live in the way of God. 1315 says, That famous promise God gave Abraham, that he and his children would possess the earth, was not given because of something Abraham did or would do. It was based on God's decision to put everything together for him which Abraham then entered when he believed. When did Abraham enter? When Abraham believed, he entered into the promises of God. He believed God. Mm. He believed God. He believed that he would be saved. He believed God. He believed and he trusted God. If those who get what God gives them only get it by doing everything they are told to do or fulfilling out all the right forms properly signed that eliminates personal trust completely and turns the promise into a arclod contract. That's not a holy promise. You hear that? If someone does everything God says to do, you're just doing it out of the flesh. It's just a contract. It's not real. The holy promise cannot be fulfilled. It's just a business deal. That's what it's saying. It's just a business deal. Listen to what it says. A contract drawn up by a hard-nosed lawyer and with plenty of fine print only makes sure that you will never be able to collect. Even that? Never be able to collect. But... If there is no contract in the first place, simply a promise, and God's promise at that, you can't break it. What does it say? You can't break God's promises. Well, you can break a contract. You go to, to and do a lawyer, fill out papers, and the lawyer um, sign the contract. You can break that contract because it's just a handshake of between two men. But you can't break the contract with God. If God has promised us something, God is going to do it. You can never break that. Never break it. The Bible says even if we're not faithful, God is still faithful. What does it say? The Bible says God will never leave us nor forsake us. You can't break his promises. 
If he promised he's going to save us, he's going to save us. If he promised that he came to make us righteous and holy, he's going to make us righteous and holy. But you got to believe it. I know they preaching different that, oh, we just flesh and blood, and, and, and it's impossible to do this, and it's impossible. Do you know when they say it's impossible to be saved and walk in holiness and righteousness, do you know they're going against the blood of Jesus? They are going against the blood of Jesus. Read the Bible correctly. Read it in the Spirit. Because he said we could do it. He said, be perfect as thou art perfect. As, as he's perfect. So we could do it. Whatever God promised in that word, we can do it. Read the Bible for yourself. A lot of the preachers are sending people to hell. I just got to tell it. And I'm telling the truth. I want to see everybody in heaven. I want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. Listen what um, 16 says. Romans 16 in the message Bible. This is why the fulfillment of God's promise depends entirely on trusting God and his way and then simply embracing him and what he does god's promise arrives at pure gift it's a pure gift that's the only way everyone can be sure to get in on it those who keep the religious um, traditions and those who have never heard of them for abraham is father of us all he is not our racial father that's reading the story backward he is our faith father he's our faith father doesn't matter what color we are he's our faith father there's a song that doesn't matter what color we are as long as our blood is red and our blood is red hmm. we, have the, we have the blood of Jesus that's covering us and the blood has power, so much power, has power to save. Jesus went to the cross to save us from sickness, sin, diseases. He saved us with a promise that if you call upon him and you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that you are saved, and then he said, though, for those who are being saved, he's making us perfect. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews. I think it's 1014. Read the word of God. Listen to what 1725 says. We call Abraham father, not because he got he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was nobody. Listen, we don't live like saints in the beginning because we're not saved. We're not truly saved. So Abraham wasn't a saint. What happened is that Abraham believed. And when Abraham believed, God started changing Abraham. Once we believe, God started changing us. Listen, isn't that what we've always read in Scripture? God sang to Abraham, I set you up as father of many people. Abraham was first named father and then became a father because he dread to trust God to do what only God could do. You hear that? He trusted God to do what only God can do. When the Bible says what's impossible for man is possible with God. Say raise the dead to life. What do you do? 
He raised the dead to life with a word, make something out of nothing. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw. He couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. Abraham believed on God, not what he saw, not what he heard, but what he believed that God can do. Once you're saved, you take God at his word. When he says you're saved, after he went, he went to the cross, when Jesus went to the cross and he died for our sins, our sicknesses, and our diseases. And he said, I give you salvation. He gave us salvation. But we have to believe that. We have to believe that we are saved. We have to believe that Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus can keep us from sin. We have to believe that. I know they're preaching differently. Oh, we're only human. We're going to make mistakes. That's a lie straight from the pits of hell. If Jesus promised that he could keep us from sin, he could do it by way of the Holy Spirit. But we got to believe his promise. What did Abraham say? What did it say about Abraham? He said he, he was just a mere man. He, he didn't even... He, he was just a mere man. That's all he was until he believed. He was nothing until he believed. He took some, He took Abraham, which was nothing, and made him something after he had faith. And he believed what Jesus can do. Those of us, even me, he took me a little old nothing and made me something because I believed in salvation and I believed what he could do. And he'll do the same for you. If you believe what he did on the cross, if you believe he could take away from sin, if you believe, hallelujah, if you believe, if you believe, if you believe he could take away your sins, if you believe you can walk in holiness and righteousness because he said it, because Jesus said it, because God said it. If you could believe it, you could have it and you could receive it. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. Listen, 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 listen. It says, Abraham, he would do. And so he was made father of a multitude of people. God himself said to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. He told Abraham this before it even happened. Abraham believed what God said. And guess what? God, Abraham has multiple children of faith now. If you're a child of faith, Abraham is your father. By faith. By the Spirit. Not by blood. But by faith. By the Spirit. That's why it's so important not to blaspheme or talk about the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is important. The Holy Spirit keeps us connected to God. And listen what Romans um, 4, 19-25 says in the message. It says, Abraham didn't focus on his own importance and say, it's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child, nor did he survive Sarah's decades of infertility and gave up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise, asking continuously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise and came up strong. 
You say he plunged into the promise and came up strong. You believe Jesus Christ can save you and keep you from sin? Guess what? Plunge into that promise and you're going to stay strong. And the spirit of God within is going to keep you strong. He says, ready for God. Sure that God will make good on what he has said. You hear that? He was sure that God would make good on what he had said. If he said it, God going to make good on it. He don't go back on his word or his promise we just read. It's unbreakable. It's unbreakable. A contract is breakable, but God's word and his promise is not unbreakable. You don't even need a contract for it because it's unbreakable. It says, listen to what it says. He plunged into it and it made him strong, ready for God, sure that God will make good on what he had said. That's why it is said, Abraham was declared fit before God by trusting God to set him right. But it's not just Abraham. It's also us. Mm. The same thing gets said about us when we embrace and believe the one who brought Jesus to life. When the conditions were equal, equal, hopeless, equal, hopeless, the sanctified Jesus made us fit for God, set us right with God. Now, who set us right with God? Jesus Christ did by going to the cross, hanging on the cross, dying for our sins, and the Holy Spirit coming within us when we ask. Holy Spirit to come within us and gives us power. We're not hopeless anymore. We're not nobodies anymore. But we are in the family of God. I thank everyone for listening and tuning in to podcast um, four. Discovering your true identity. Salvation and sin. That's what we're talking about today. Salvation and sin. I'm going to start my coaching business again, um, my consulting business, discovering your true identity. So if anyone um, wants help, hook me up. Um, my phone number is 512-579-7072. Once again, that's 512-579-7072. 5072, or you can um, email me at charlotte, the C H A R L O T T E C dot greathouse, G R E A T H O U S E at gmail.com. Once again, that's charlotte, C H A R L O T T E C dot greathouse, greathouse is G R E A T H O U S E at gmail.com um thanks a lot once again i want to thank you for tuning in to wings of joy podcast discovering your true identity part four sins salvation and sin once again um this is your host charlotte g great house you be blessed tune in out you'll be blessed we're gonna pray out Father God, we thank you for all that is listening today, Lord God, or will listen um, 
on the record, Lord God. We just thank you, Lord God, for the pre-recording. Thank you, Lord God. We just give him, uh, we just give you honor. We just give you praise, and we just give you all the glory. Bless everyone, Lord God. Help them to understand by the Spirit, Lord God, or what true salvation really is, Lord God. Lord God, help them to understand, Lord God, between salvation and sin, Lord God. Father God, help them to understand, Lord God, that when the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will keep us, Lord God, from all sin, Lord God, and keep us from all wrong, Lord God, and will help us live in righteousness, Father. We thank you, Lord God. We 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 honor you, Father God. We just give you praises. We just give you honor. We just give you glory, Father God. Just bless this podcast, Father God. Let the anointing just flow, Father God, over the podcast, Father. We just give you honor. We just give you glory. We give you all the praise. Father, we just thank you. And we ask of these things. And bless everyone, Lord God. And and keep them safe from all hurt, harm, and danger, Lord God. We just thank you, Lord God. Lord, and protect them from all demonic forces. Father, we pray and we ask. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless. Tune in for Podcast 5, Discovering Your True true Identity. Once again, this is Wings of Joy Podcast. God bless.